Hey, it's us, Amanda and Megan. Glad you're here. Grab your juice box. Let's dive right in. Okay, we are off to the races, my friend. One of these days, I'm going to push record. I'm just going to sit here and stare at you. I can't See wait. See how long it takes <laughs> you to say something. <laughs> and I'll just stare at you and see how things are going. So, can't wait. Yeah. Speaking of how things are going. Yeah. You have an update? Uh, no. It's been a pretty calm week at our house. Pretty calm. I pu- started pulling out my holiday decor. Not a lot. Did you? Not a lot. Just a little. But I have to say, I am just thrilled by my new banner in my kitchen. That was sent to me by my good friend, Megan Buell. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, only someone I know very well can send me a banner that says, please leave by nine. And I went through all the friends who it could be. And everyone said, no, no, no. I wish I was that clever. And then I was so smart. (laughs) And I went to the Amazon link that said, send your friend a message. (laughs) And I did. Amazon. <laughs> Darn no. Amazon. No. Ruin it all. Thank you, Megan, for that kind gift that will remain in my kitchen for the rest of the year. The other one's delayed. It's coming. Ooh, exciting. <laughs> Does the other one say, scratch so that. Just drop off your hosting gift and leave. No, <laughs> Thanks for the flowers. Goodbye. Amazon, no, I'm just on Amazon, Amazon. I know. No, I think you will appreciate. Ooh. The next Exciting. one. Exciting. It's a fun appreciate. Not as functional. Mm. Uh, Maybe. Maybe. Exciting. Uh, actually. I hope it's a leopard shirt like the one I sent your husband with that funny note that said, love the bros. <laughs> 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 I cracked myself. <laughs> Did you really text other people to figure it out? Oh, why? Did I have you like on someone else's trail for a little while? Just a little while? Or probably a solid day before someone else was like, wait, did you just click the send a thank you card? And I was like, no. That's brilliant. Who told you that? Um, my friend Ellie told me that. Or she because did. that's Ellie. how she discovered when I sent Ellie. her a fleece nightgown and I sent her husband red silk pajamas with the note that just said, congratulations on winning the contest. <laughs> it, then she found out it was me by doing the same thing, scanning the thank you card for Amazon. So I just feel bad that Amazon <sighs> is ruining pranks across the world. Like, they really are. No longer. Can I send someone a random leopard shirt without them knowing who's Well, you it? can. It just can't come from Amazon. That's true. My my prank Sinatra skills mm-hmm. have been heightened this mm-hmm. week. I have got mm-hmm. to get with it. So darn it. I know. Anyway. Well, I hope you enjoy that banner. I and really leave it up did. For the entire holiday season. I really did. One thing I did consider is cutting out a seven to put on top of the nine. Uh, because I know how you feel about that. Nine o'clock's yeah. your bedtime. True. It truly should say seven. Yes. Yes. I may still make you one. Thank you. That would be You're appreciated. Welcome. Well, um, my kids don't really like it, though, because when I put up, my kids just keep saying, that's so rude, mom. People should be able to stay as long as they want. And, and it's it says, like, please. It does say please. It's, it's very polite. It's a polite sign. But I mean, really, you can stay as long as you want. But just know that if my kids are running around like banshees at nine, I am stressed inside. Not on the outside, but on the inside, I am stressed. On the inside, mm-hmm. I would like you to leave. That's true. Mm-hmm. Lovingly leave. Mm-hmm. But what about you? I didn't see any any holiday decor up in your house yet. What's been, what have you been doing all Not week? Yeah, though there oh, is yeah. there is a Christmas record in the record player. Ah, fun. That's about as Christmas. Has it been playing? Getting. We did play it tonight. Oh. Tonight, oh. as we played a round of Turkey Turkey Butcher, my daughter's version of Duck Duck Goose. Oh. <laughs> That was our idea. At dinner tonight, she says, 
can we play turkey turkey butcher <laughs> we all look at her going sure tell us more about this game <laughs> and you just walk around the circle pretending to hack each other in the neck gotcha the butcher gotcha hack <laughs> <laughs> i mean no but next that's time funny. that's next funny time. i don't know why but that brings me so much joy to think about your family just sitting around a circle playing turkey turkey butcher as we I did that's funny i think it's christmas music <laughs> <laughs> that's great i love typical, it so typical much family night i love that that's so good. much so all right well we might need to explain how we got to where we did with regards to this topic okay mm-hmm. because this is a parenting podcast and although we are not legit experts <laughs> we listen to a lot of experts just you tonight we're telling me about what was it we have the new book oh, new by book. the same authors of the self-driven child yeah wrote a new book i cannot remember what it's mm-hmm. called We'll post about it. It's great. Yeah. So far, so good. Really, really great. So we do listen to a lot of experts, but we're not the experts. But this podcast, The the Happiness Lab, has had me captivated for a few years now. I kind of found them right before... Oh, right during COVID. They, mm-hmm. This is a COVID podcast. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Lori Santos is world-renowned for her studies in psychology at Yale. She's the host, right? She's the host. Yeah. And she has a great voice. Oh, man. I love her voice. She does. And I like her episodes because she often dives into like stigmas or ideas that people find controversial. Mm-hmm. And she uses science and psychology to break them down. So often I find myself sharing these episodes with people just because they're really mentally stimulating and just something interesting to think about. Okay. So there are two episodes. There's a part one and a part two. And the first episode called Your Child Isn't a VIP or a Fragile Vase follows a mama and her daughter, Rosie, who has a packed schedule of lunches and meetups and activities. And she was only three years old. So Rosie's mom felt she couldn't waste a second of her daughter's time. And Rosie needed to be constantly lectured and stimulated if she was going to be successful academically in life. This style of parenting the mom decided, was exhausting for both the mother and the daughter until Rosie's mom found that not everyone approaches child rearing in this way. So the mom goes on to tell Dr. Santos how she forged a happier and more relaxed relationship with Rosie that benefited them both. And former Stanford Dean Julie Lithcott Hames, I think it's Hames, Mm -hmm. explores how Overparenting has taken hold in recent decades and why it needs to be challenged. And we do like a good challenge. Boy, do we. I think that's why I think that's why I latched on to this, Megan, because I just I see it as like a all right, Amanda, time to step it up. Like mm-hmm. let's let's give this a shot. So mm-hmm. anyways, okay. Let's organize this episode with quotes from the actual episode that we're referencing and comments from ourselves and our listeners because there was a lot of conversation about this. A lot. Maybe so more maybe more than any other episode we've had. Yeah. Even as I was out and about, I'd run into friends and they were like, whoa, I want to talk about what you posted. And I thought, okay, here we go. So yeah. here's a lot. This might <laughs> Buckle up, guys. Here we go. So Dr. Santos starts out by interviewing a mom who's reflecting on her experiences with her toddler and vocalizing how many parents might feel. She says... These days, many parents feel like they're anxiously white-knuckling through crisis after crisis. There's a lot of evidence that having kids can bring a great amount of meaning and satisfaction, but studies show that day-to-day duties of being a parent can still reduce happiness. All right, Megan. So 
How does this sit with you? Mm. What are you thinking? The idea of white knuckle parenting from day to day is exhausting to even mm-hmm. think about. But I know I'm guilty of it. Yeah. This idea that parents are holding on so tightly to their kids and the hundreds of decisions that we as parents are tasked to help and guide them through each day, it feels like a hard reality check. True. Oh. So I cannot agree more with what this mom is saying and what you just said. I did think it was kind of funny. You can correct me if I'm being judgmental. I'm sure I am. That the mom was like really torn up about her child having one or two tantrums a day. And she was like, I dread it waking up every day because my child is going to have one to two tantrums. That is like so – my kid has like one to two tantrums like every hour. I may have had a solid eye roll at that comment. I did too because I thought to myself, okay – Like that is tough, but that is also one to two a day. Like I'll take that any day. (laughs) But I think that a lot of people can relate to that comment just generally that Mm -hmm. there's equal, well, we even did a poll on this. Is it equal parts anxiety and rewarding or not? But I, I find that it is equal parts for me, anxiety inducing and rewarding. Just today I was talking (laughs) to this guy that there was a worker who was working in my yard and he just had a new baby. So he said to me, he's like, oh, I saw the QR code on the back of your car. Do you have a podcast? And I said, yes, I I host a podcast. And he goes, well, what's it about? And I said, it's about how awesome kids are. I said, I we just, me and my me and my friend, we kind of got tired of people complaining all the time about kids. So we have a podcast about how awesome kids are. Yeah. And I kid you not, he looked at me square in the eyes and goes, I have never heard that from anyone. Usually I only hear the exact opposite. Whoa. And I said, well, what do you hear? And he's like, I just hear that kids are exhausting and that it's really hard. Mm. And I said, well, that is accurate, but I also really love it. And I said, I just wouldn't trade it. So I think that most people can agree with what she just said, that it is why knuckling. Yeah. So we asked our listeners, like you said, you alluded to this on Instagram, a question about a specific quote from this episode where they said, parenting is equal parts anxiety inducing and rewarding. Mm-hmm. And the majority of our listeners agreed or partially agreed. Yeah. It was interesting. One listener said, at first read, I didn't feel like I was an anxious parent, as in I'm not worried about academic success or playdates, etc. But I am anxious about how to raise good, kind, family-oriented kids in a changing world. So yes, I do feel some anxiety about raising kids. I feel like this statement kind of indicates a half-and-half relationship when I think there are other aspects that make up parenting. Could not agree more. Mm -hmm. Well said, period. Mm -hmm. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Another listener says, for sure, my kids have brought me my happiest and my most stressful moments. Yes. Yes. Okay. So here's another one that says, maybe it's just because I'm deep in the trenches of new baby with other young kids and sleep is hard to come by. It seems like It seems to be more parts anxiety-inducing and less parts rewarding. Not to say it isn't completely worth it because those moments of rewarding experiences, although somewhat more infrequent, cause you to almost completely forget all the anxiety. That is true. That's well Mm -hmm. said, right? We are quick to forget how terrible labor is because we have this beautiful baby on the other side of it. So, Well, even later... In parenting, as your kids get older, don't you kind of forget all the sleepless nights? Oh, for sure. Like you just forget. Oh, how awful it is. There is, or ho- I shouldn't say how awful. Well, but how like trying. how, yeah, how hard mm-hmm. a lot of it is. And then yeah. you get on the other side, and I don't know why. Is it a blessing? It must be a blessing that we just Probably. kind of forget. I mean, you can put this to the test by literally just go call your parents and say, "Do you remember the time when I did X Y Z? Like mm-hmm. name something horrible." Mm-hmm. I I've said this to my parents before. Do you remember when I did this? My dad and mom are like, 
no, I have no memory of that. That's like, <laughs> what? You don't remember when I toilet papered like your whole house? They don't have any memory yeah, because they just forget yeah. in a good way. So, uh, but a lot of listeners did say that it is not equal parts anxiety and rewarding. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I appreciated the honesty from a listener who said, it's not so much anxiety inducing. I would choose a different word such as frustrating. And it's not equal parts, less rewarding in our current phase of life, just being honest. Yeah. I think that, I think that is really well said. Each phase brings different things, you know, honesty is the best policy. And it is always validating. Frustrating is a good word to use because it might be the more common daily feeling. Mm. Because I'm with this listener. I don't always feel anxiety, but do I feel frustration? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, But they use anxiety inducing in the happiness lab episode. And it does make me wonder if we are overusing that word because of today's vernacular. Mm. Anxiety is a very common word we use, sometimes lightly, in my opinion. So I just wondered if if frustrating is a better word. I don't know. This yeah. listener brought up a good point. I agree. Okay, so Dr. Santos then brings up the idea of over-parenting and how it's manifesting itself in the behaviors of this generation. And this is when my ears perked up mm-hmm. because it is so, 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 mm. so, so, so hard <laughs> to not over-parent and to give my kids their own space. Yeah, true that. Okay, she says, recent changes have made parenting more anxiety provoking. Society might not be helping. A few societal changes from the 80s have changed how parents interact with kids, starting with some seemingly innocuous child safety laws like wear a bike helmet, Mm. wear a seatbelt, and use a car seat. So the thing I find most interesting about this clip is that when we took these steps to protect our kids, they were very well-intended safety measures. Mm -hmm. I think we all agree that. Yeah. But naturally, I think as a as mankind does, yeah, <laughs> we kind of took them to an extreme because I often like bike helmets, great idea, seatbelts, great idea, car seats, fantastic idea. But I I will let my kids ride around the neighborhood and especially our driveway, always our driveway, without their helmets. And I know that there are other. I do get occasional stares from other parents sometimes who I know disagree, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a time and place. Right. And I don't want to create, I don't even know. I don't even know what the purpose is, but I never make them put on a helmet when mm. they're just like, if they're going mountain biking, yes, put on a helmet. But if they're just going around the corner, mm-hmm. I don't. Mm. Helmets are tricky. Since my husband works in PD, uh-huh. I probably have to say that helmets are mandatory whenever yep. my kids set their cute little bums on anything with wheels. Yeah. However... I get it. Have I looked the other way more than once when my kids get on a bike without a helmet? Yes. Maybe. Oh, I should have answered for you. <laughs> was- I don't know. <laughs> yes, you do. I see you always that looking the other way. It was accurate. I won't fight you. I won't fight you on that answer. But I let my firstborn climb tall trees as a mere toddler yeah. because he could. And I knew his abilities and he knew his limits and he never needed help getting down. So I trusted him. Mm-hmm. The onlookers at the playground or park, however, made their just disapproval known. Yeah, But I can happily report to those overbearing adults that the daredevil of a toddler is a thriving 10-year-old. He's just fine. Yeah. I mean, I think my biggest, my 
biggest beef with this mm-hmm. idea is that I just want them to have a childhood. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like I'm being too much of a helicopter parent by being like, no, put your shoes on. No, go put your helmet on. Where are your shin guards? Where are your wrist guards? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like I just, I'm being, I'm projecting mm-hmm. some feelings onto them that they don't necessarily need to feel. I go think, out without your shoes. You'll be fine. Yeah. We as a generation of parents totally. are really good at projecting. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> I'll leave it so, at that. And she also talks about playdates, but we have had an entire episode on playdates. So we'll just head over there. Yeah. Episode 24 Look for those you. interested. All the, all the knowledge. You have all the knowledge. <laughs> okay. So next, Dr. Santos talks about something that has been on my mind recently. So I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Mm. Historically, we have had an activity every night of the week with the exception of Friday. And I know that you also have fallen into this boat a little bit. By correct? activity, you mean extracurricular? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's Got it. Good way to clarify. Um, so I try to keep Fridays free, but this year they have nothing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So they're home every night. And even the days they do activities, they're home every night by five. Mm. And honestly, it feels amazing. I feel like a new I mom. I bet. I bet. It, is real, it was unintentional, but man, it's amazing. So when she brings up the idea of kids being time famished, I really started to take notes because this might become a, mm, this might be a pivotal season for us where I start becoming very protective of our weeknights. Mm. So referencing the mom and daughter featured in the happiness lab, Dr. Santos says, this mom was packing her toddler's diary with incredibly complex schedules for her three-year-old. She thought she was doing right, but science shows that she was actually doing harm by planning every moment of the child's day. So with that being said about activity nights, Mm -hmm. we have those free, but you know what? This is off. This is hard for me too, because I organize every minute of my day. Mm-hmm. And I you know, do. You're I know. very good at it. I know. Well, that's interesting because I have come in the past few years to see it as a strength and a weakness. Mm. I have a very hard mean? time. Like if someone's like, hey, you want to go to lunch? I'm usually like, no, no. I plan to mop the floor today. I'm going to mop the floor. I have a hard yeah. time being flexible, yeah. as you know, yeah. as you know. Okay. You have, I'm you- not going to fight with you on that one. <laughs> nope. You have. Yes, it's true. <laughs> but um, so I need to remind myself to not organize my kids' day like that because mm. their day should not be organized like that. They need to have like a childhood. They need to be bored. They need to find ways to entertain themselves. They need to like get into trouble to some extent. Mm-hmm. So when I see them moseying around, I need to stop saying like, oh, go practice your piano or go clean your room or go do X, Y, Z, which I do. Yeah, That is a bad habit of mine. I need to break it. So mm. anyways, to I, I am the lawnmower parent she mentions. So <laughs> non-lawnmower parent, you over there, Give me your advice. What's going on? I don't know about that, but that is so interesting. I love when my kids come to me and say they're bored Mm. and don't know what to do with themselves. My response is always, I can't wait to see what you come up with. I know you'll find something to do. And they hate it. Yes. (laughs) But I love it. We do have activities every night, Monday through Thursday. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's not every kid. Okay. Every night. Okay. Could we cut back on activities even more? No. Okay. Okay. Yes. I mean, (laughs) probably honest. (laughs) (laughs) But a normal, a normal week with all the regular activities is actually really manageable for me and our family. We still eat dinner together at least five to six nights a week. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And the only time I'm cursing our schedule is when we don't have a typical week. Right. Mm. Holidays. Yes. Funerals. Wasn't sure if we'd make it through this last week. Right. Those. 
little hiccups or added things in, those are what makes our schedule a little more hectic and hard to juggle. And that does have me thinking we are time famished. Mm. So it does make it a little hard to add anything in or to be spontaneous Mm -hmm. because we already have things planned. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, is that a sign that we still have ourselves overscheduled? Because when things are when the normal, yeah, then it's fine. It's totally manageable. And we get a lot of mm-hmm. good fam. We make the most mm-hmm. of our family time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I think that, I mean, yeah, the things that are in your control are well managed. And I think it's just when things are thrown into the plan that you're like, oh, I didn't plan for that. Now we have to. Then I feel, I feel time fam. I mean, I just think about Friday. When oh. we had, or, you know, the kids, you had even more than I did, but the kids got out of school early. Mm-hmm. So we had to pick them up early. And then we had to run home and have lunch and do naps. And then we had to get back to the school for a dedication. Then you had to run to a choir concert and I had to leave early to go to a family picture. So it was those types of days where it's like, oh, I had my plan and now I have to put more into it. Mm-hmm. Those are days where I am like severely time famished. Yeah. Those are the days that make me think, why did we sign up for right. these things? Why are we right. doing all these things? But then I remember... It's temporary. You don't have a choir concert every night, right? You don't have a school dedication every day. True. It's just one of those days where you kind of go, all right, we're going to get through this. Mm -hmm. It's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be great. Can't wait to go to bed. Oh, man. Can't (laughs) wait to go to bed. Well, okay. There was this other quote in regards to the three-year-old girl and her mom that got me thinking. And Dr. Santos says, even though this child was experiencing some unique privileges referencing when she was going to the zoo and having playdates and going to lunch, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. She was ironically being denied one thing that is super important for her development. Childhood is a time for exploration. When a ch- parent steps in to help navigate normal day-to-day activities, it makes the child feel like a puppet on a string. It takes away their autonomy. Ooh, autonomy. We're going to talk about that later. Ooh. I love that. Word. We're getting so expert-like here. And by expert-like, that is not grammar. And that's how you know I'm an expert. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think this is the part where free-range parents are like cheering behind the mm. scenes because they have caught on to something. There is a there's a spirit of exploration in kids that is nurtured in free range parents. Yeah. Um I do th- I mean should kids be allowed to wander the neighborhood with bare feet in their underwear? No. But should they have a chance to be a child? Yes. No bare feet wandering? Yes, bare feet, no underwear. <laughs> with, I mean wait, wait. <laughs> yes to bare feet, yes to underwear, yes to pants. Put all those things on and just go out on your bare feet. I'm you know how I feel about summer feet. I do. But. I do. Okay, but this makes me wonder, what does childhood exploration look mm. like nowadays? Mm. Because it's not the same as our childhood no, exploration. Not at all. Or even our parents' childhood expo- exploration. Can you imagine? No. So I think that is tricky. To even understand what does that look like? I don't know. What are we supposed to do? Like you may go explore from this block to this block, but don't leave the, I just can't imagine, you know, parents used to let their six-year-olds go wander Mm -hmm. the neighborhood and I, I cannot. Where, where, what is childhood exploration? I don't know. I mean, Mm. I almost feel like we can't even get into it here because it will get away from us so fast. It will. But I don't know. And I think about this often because there are even times we have a detached garage. Mm -hmm. So when my kids want to go ride bikes in the driveway, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to say, yes, go right away. Yeah. But often I feel angst. Yeah. I actually tell my kids they cannot unless one of us is out there watching them. Same. Which is so silly because it's like you're in my driveway. And so often if I send them out there, 
what do I do? I pull up the camera, the mm-hmm. driveway camera right away. And I'm watching them on the driveway camera. And then I'm like hustling to finish whatever I can do to get out on the driveway. Yeah. But I just feel like that is so, oh, I just hate that it's that way. But see, that's where I wonder, is it a mental thing? You and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Is this me being mental (laughs) or is this valid like i don't know i just don't even know so anyways Uh, i don't know it's a good i don't know if i can get into it we're taking suggestions (laughs) we don't know put a tracker in their neck and let them go wild (laughs) that's basically what a gab watch is right i met someone the other day he was like you can on this watch they have for their kid you Mm -hmm. can set like parameters physical parameters oh like a shock collar like Yes, but no. <laughs> yeah. Like they'll be wearing their watch. And if they go, she said that she has like a quarter mile radius around their house. And if the child leaves a quarter mile radius, it'll notify the kid and the parent. Mm. So she's like, that helps me let them go farther. But I just thought, oh man, I don't know if I can like buckle down and get my kid a watch. It just feels like, but anyway, no, but to me, that feels too much, right? That feels like it overparenting. Does. It does. But then they're out on their own. Like exploring the neighborhood. <laughs> I don't know. But we did this. We did this for Halloween, right? Uh-huh. I sent my ten-year-old mm-hmm. with two of his best friends, mm-hmm. and I told them, "You may go from this street to this mm-hmm. street, and in between this street and this street, be home by this time." And they did. Yeah, they did it all. It was great. It they was were fine. complete, and th- it was dark. Yeah, no less. And they yeah. were fine. And that was one of those moments where I thought, I think I need to let let the leash go a little bit. Mm. Like just oh, hard. Let up. Ooh, I don't hard. know. I don't know. Hard, oh, hard, it's hard. scary. It's, it's scary. It's so spooky. <sighs> okay, moving on. This next quote piggybacks off of the previous quote perfectly because it proves that no matter the age of your kids, this idea of planning every minute just continues as they grow. It just looks different. Dr. Santos talks about what she calls cages of enrichment. Ooh, such a powerful phrase. Same. I never heard it before, but it's no. really interesting. Didn't it? It's just like, It resonates. Yeah. Okay. So she says, there is no longer a downtime in childhood. They, the children, are stacked with activities all designed to enrich them and demonstrate to a college dean they are worthy. Oh, I just, I, this, it got me. This hit home with me. Really? Because how do you manage this? Mm -hmm. Because the tiger mom in you wants to get them into a good college and like a really good one. Like you want, you almost want credit for getting them into a good college, right? Mm. But the free range mom in you also wants to give them time and a childhood. So, but, but too much time, well, that becomes an issue. So is this the season, like the teenager season where you have to kind of, there's like a fragile balance of like all these parenting styles. You have to, you have to be encouraging and loving, but flexible and understanding and have high expectations. Like don't take crap. Like, (laughs) is it just like this, like delicate balance it seems like that probably is the only answer. Right. Well, tell me what you mean by saying too much free time can also be an issue. I don't want my kids to come home as teenagers and just like play video games all day. Mm. I want them to like go do music lessons or go be on a sports team. Like I want them to have diverse activities. Or do you want them to have free time that just doesn't involve a screen? You know, it's not even the scream that the scream really? that scares me as much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's just a diversity of how you spend your time. Mm, okay. I just, I just don't like the idea of like spending your time on too many on one thing. I don't like the idea mm. of being myopic. Mm-hmm. I want to mm-hmm. be balanced. Ooh, so, good word. Good I don't word. know. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I mean, it all sounds simple or at least easy to identify. Mm-hmm. But on what issues does a parent decide to be flexible mm. or encouraging or not take any crap? 
why has no one written like a definitive parenting manual? Why haven't you done that? That's your job. Get to it. (laughs) Noted. Add it to the list. But even working on this episode, I found myself starting to have a little bit of a panic attack wondering why does raising kids have to be so hard and so complicated? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Why does there have to be so much? Yeah. Or even the same, why do do we have to choose one thing and when do we have to choose it? And do we have to choose it now? And why am I saying we? Because it's not even me. It's my kid. It's not me. Yeah. But you, what you just said is actually voiced by a few listeners. We got a few submissions that were like, I think that this is overcomplicating things. Mm. Do we get into this later? We do. Okay. So you have been heard and the people have spoken. So we will get there. (laughs) (laughs) But I love this part of the episode when she talks about what the point of parenting is. And I think she said it very well. So author Julie Lithcott Haynes says that if you really want to raise happier, more resilient kids, you need to play the long game, which my husband is so good at playing the long game. It annoys me. Mm. (laughs) You need to know that they are capable and not that you can do everything for them. You want to know that they became increasingly capable at doing things for themselves. Mm. And I just think that is so well said because that is exactly what I want. When I think about what I want from my kids, I want to know that they can do it and that they are capable. I thought about the first example that came to my mind when I was thinking about this quote is, um, remember that big scandal with the full house mom? Yes. Getting her What's daughter her into college. I forget her name. Uh, is it Laurie? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember, okay, the full house yeah, mom yeah, yeah. Yeah. paid tons of money to right. get her daughter into USC and kind of like bribed. And then it came out. There's like this expose that tons of their parents have done this. Mm-hmm. And thinking about this quote with reverence that I kept thinking, as a parent, like I understand that you want your kid to do well, but you are not setting them up for success. And right. I think it would be embarrassing to you and the student to know that they are not capable of getting themselves in on their own. Right. And that is a big problem. Well, and imagine the message you're sending to your child. Totally. I don't believe you can do this on your own. So I'm going to do it for yeah. you. Yeah. And totally. They're, they're an adult at this point. They're an adult. So weird. Oh, but that quote that you read from the episode, this is the actual part. That felt like a deep breath. Yeah. Or the reality check. I agree. After the panic attack. (laughs) But the idea of playing the long game is actually encouraging because it says that even if the kid misses one game or even a season or if they get a B or even a D on a test, your kids are going to be just fine. In fact, making mistakes and having setbacks, that allows your kids to learn from them. That is the long game. Yeah, totally. And let me clarify, in my opinion, the words just fine, your kids will be just fine, is interpreted to mean they will be self-driven, critical thinking kids who have control over their lives. True. Well said. Have nothing else to say. (laughs) Amen. Okay. Well, the next, she talks about kids' inability to really work, which I know grinds your gears, Amanda. I mean, I hate that it does. I hate (laughs) that it does, but it does. Okay. One of my favorite books. I won't call it a parenting book because it's applicable to all humans. The Bible? Parents or not. I love that one. (laughs) Also very applicable. (laughs) This one is uh, practically the Bible. No, I'm kidding. Is uh, Angela Duckworth's Grit. Oh. And one way our families have tried to instill grit in our kids, I can say this because I know your family, we've done this, is by teaching them the value of work, Mm -hmm. right? We make them do chores. Hmm, I want to read that book. I've never, I don't know why you've been holding that from me. It's upstairs. I'll give it You've to been you. withholding it's that great. information from me. So good. She also has a great TED talk on it if you Ooh. don't want to read the whole book. Oh, I do not. I will listen to that TED talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So these survey results from the Happiness Lab podcast were fascinating 
and also irritating at the same time. True. She says this, well, the survey says that parents today give their kids 20% less housework than they did in the 80s. And then we wonder why they can't do anything. Mm. Okay, so my first thought was, of course, they give less housework. That makes sense logistically, because kids, as we just talked about, are all busy perfecting their extracurriculars and academic resumes. When do they have time to do their laundry or empty the dishwasher or scrub a toilet? Yeah, we have talked about this before on another episode, Mm -hmm. this exact topic, Mm -hmm. working with kids. And what's interesting is I have heard this word for word from teenagers. When I, you know, I hang out with teenagers a few times a week at church activities and often I'll say, oh, like, what'd you guys, do you guys, like, do you have chores? Did you go to work this week? What'd you do outside of school? And I've heard many teenagers say, oh, I don't have to do any work outside of school because my parents just want me to get good grades, which I understand. That's great. That's valid. I understand that. But when the house I came from, you were expected to work, do chores and get good grades. And that's kind of the attitude I've taken on. Mm -hmm. But I always have to check myself when I think that in my head because I'm like, well, what if what if that's not possible these days? Because like you said, they're so busy protect or perfecting their academic resumes. When do they have time? Mm. We have done a top, we've done an episode on this. So I kind of yeah. need to go back and listen to it. But I put it to the test this week, Megan. Did after, you? Yes. What after did you do? I just, I, besides Saturday chores, mm-hmm. my kids don't do a lot of housework. Really? Yeah. Like on Saturdays, we, we work on Saturdays. That's kind of what we do. Mm-hmm. But um, my son was really upset about not dinner not being ready like when he wanted he was super hungry he was mm-hmm. super irritated mm-hmm. that he that dinner was not ready so usually i would be like go away <laughs> go like go away go yeah. like distract yourself yeah. but this time i said okay here's a knife no one calls cps it was fine he was just fine calls uh, here's a knife here's some celery chop the celery and he did mm-hmm. and do you know what megan i didn't hear complaining out of him once he just sat there and he helped me and he it was great it didn't go faster than it would have but it went just fine (laughs) yeah and it was worth it he ate the entire dinner and he was very appreciative and it just it really solidified that housework can look different contributing can look different it doesn't Mm. need to be scrubbing a toilet it can be Mm -hmm. helping with dinner yeah putting laundry away putting like i don't know there's just different ways to contribute for sure that's a really great point and way to go mama good job thank you very good i don't pat myself on the back often because i don't deserve it but that one time i was like you should. You pat, worked out. pat your back and then I'll pat your back too. Good job. I worked Good out. Job. All right. Another or one listener had a submission along these lines about the TEAM acronym that was mentioned in this mm. podcast. And TEAM stands for, it's an acronym, right? So it yep. stands for Togetherness, Encouragement, Autonomy, and Minimal Interference. I need to like put that on a poster in my kitchen. That is such a good acronym. Isn't it? I love that. And this listener said, I really love the team acronym. I had heard somewhere the quote, you should never do for your child what they can do for themselves. Yeah. And that's hard sometimes because of all the reasons indicated in the podcast. And also you want to do things for people you love to show love to them, right? Right. A lot like these parents who don't have their kids do chores because they want them to be able to put all their work and effort and time into their schoolwork, right? Yep. I really feel like it comes from a place of love, right? Like, true. I love you. I want you to be successful. So I'm going to do true. These, I'm going to fold your underwear right. while you finish your paper. That's exactly right. And that's why you almost can't come down too hard on parents who do crazy things like For Lori. Sure. Str- I think it's Lori Stratton. Like, sorry, if that's not, if that's not her <laughs> name, but that's your name. I'm not coming at you. I just don't remember her name. But, um, 
I like you almost can't get mad at a parent for doing something like that because you're like, mm-hmm. I assume you're doing it with good intentions because you want your kid to succeed, right? Right. I right. love you and I want to make your life easy, but I also like it's hard. I understand. I understand. So Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I love that you said that too. I do feel like in all of this, we have to remind ourselves that every parent has good intentions, True. right? Always. True. Yeah. Mm. Well, to wrap this up, let's share our survey results, asking our listeners which type of parenting they most identify with. Okay. Okay. Um, after providing some clarification on the types of parenting, the results were fascinating. Uh, the, the parenting options were helicopter, elephant, free range, and tiger, which is, it's interesting that we clarified because my husband didn't know what those are. Mm. And we had a conversation about it because he was like, which one do you think I am? Which one do you think my parents are? Oh. But I thought I understood what all these were mm-hmm. until I looked up the definitions and I thought, oh, 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 this is different than what I thought. Mm. So once we clarified, yeah. the results really changed. Yeah. There was only one I'd never heard of, the elephant parenting. Same. I'd never heard of that. I either. had to look that one up. Do I mm-hmm. own the book, The Battle Hymn of the Tiger Mother? Yes. Great. Do I love it? Yes. <laughs> Very much. <laughs> I know. I yes, I would too. Wait, did we talk about which ones we most identify with at some point? Uh, no. We might need Should to. We? Well, go. Let's let's talk about the results, and then maybe okay. we'll we'll share. Okay. Well, the least identified with parenting style was tiger parenting, which I thought was fascinating. Only four percent of listeners claimed tiger parenting, mm-hmm. followed by helicopter parenting with nine percent crazy. Okay. The other two parenting types had significantly more traction with 41% identifying with free range and 46% associating with elephant parenting. A lot of listeners DM'd us to say they believe they're a healthy mix. True. So this one listener says, I think we are a healthy mix of free range and tiger. We try to have our kids be very independent, but give them some space to do things on their own. But we are also very strict as for expected behaviors, and we do enforce extracurriculars, chores, homework, and schoolwork. I think we were both raised by pretty tiger parents. Of course, I don't think it's for everyone. Even kids in the same family can desperately need different parenting styles. And here's a listener submission who said, situations I observed in my work where parents were overly engaged in their child's life impacted the way I parent. Mm. I wonder if she's a teacher. That's what I wondered. Yeah. I vowed not to be a helicopter or lawnmower parent. Admittedly, I still overparent at times and I have yet to shift to full the full duty of laundry to my kids who are old enough to do it. Mm, that's fair. Understandable. Yep. That's fair. Yep. And another submission says, I am an elephant parent to the bone. I might have some dolphin-like flares. I want to <laughs> know what that looks like. We just all dance around the kitchen. <laughs> I'm making I think dolphin it's another sounds. parenting style. <laughs> I, don't even know, I don't even know what dolphin sounds like. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> But I just, we should look it up. But I, when, yeah. when I read that, I was like, what is that? I want to be that. <laughs> Dolphin parent? I don't think I can. I don't think it's in me, but I want to be. <laughs> you don't even know if that's I don't know. It just sounds fun. Really like, <laughs> you should Google it. All right. Uh, but, but then they go on to say, but my inner elephant will always prevail. This is comforting to me as the sign of the elephant is pretty dear to our family. Oh, oh that's cool. But to be honest, I didn't know the term before you brought it to my attention. Wow. Not alone. Neither did we not alone listener <laughs> another listener says i'm trying to go more elephant and free range but i have a battle with my natural tendency to go helicopter i am very much a protected mama bear i basically make an effort to rein in my helicopter mom tendencies so that they keep my children safe while not completely shadowing them and crushing their individuality and creativity 
This is the honest truth. And I think that a lot of parents, myself included, would agree with this. It's a hard balance to, to, it's a hard thing to balance the protective mama bear, but also let the baby bears be themselves. I think she said it really well, but I am just going to say real fast. Most of these submissions are parents saying they want to go more free ranging elephant. This is an interesting idea to me. I don't know why it surprised me, but it actually, in hindsight, makes me wonder if this is the gentle parenting movement exemplifying itself. Because, you know, for the past few years, everyone's been all about gentle parenting. Mm-hmm. So well, we had to with our kids stuck at home with us during a pandemic. True. There's no <laughs> other way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, okay. Well, before we move on from the parenting types, yeah. you want to know what a dolphin parent is? I do. I do want to know. I'm curious. <laughs> all right. Dolphin parenting is known to be firm yet flexible, what? and relies heavily on social communication and interaction, hence the reference to dolphins. I feel like what? you are a dolphin parent. Wait, wait, it's what? flexible, but what? Firm, known to be flexible, firm, firm, yet flexible, and relies heavily on social communication and interaction. Hmm. You know, I am a dolphin parent. Congratulations. <laughs> I think I am. I think yeah. I am. I'm a dolphin-tiger mix. Slightly helicopter, slightly lawnmower. Basically, I am the jack of all trades when it comes to parenting. What do you want from me today? I will be it. Actually, I probably won't be it. I'll probably be the opposite, but I will sure give it my tr- my real hard try. I know you at the real college try. The real college try. I will. Okay, but we brought up those parenting styles or labels because in the Happiness Lab episode, they introduced the parenting term warm demander. Oh. I love that phrase. Right? Which is a phrase we want to catch on. Right? I want, I'm going to start making everyone say it. I'm a warm demander. I'm a warm demander. <laughs> I don't want to be an animal. I'll be a warm demander. Sounds like a warm hug, a blankie. <laughs> I'm a weighted blanket of demands. <laughs> wait, wait, before we move on to this real fast, what, what type of parenting are you? What type of parenting style are you? Yeah, I'm a mix like you. I think I am a mix of free range and mm. tiger parenting, probably. Mm. Which that's probably the, that's probably a healthy balance, frankly. I don't know. I think it probably is. With some lawnmower in there, maybe. No, you're not a lawnmower. I, don't, I yeah, I'm not a helicopter parent. Kind of like a wee whacker, but you're not. <laughs> <a lawnmower. laughs> like one, of, one of the old school lawnmowers that you have to like. It's not electric at it's all. Just, it's just spinning the <laughs> yes, blade around. Just the blades, <laughs> just a blade, rusty, little squeaky. <laughs> that is not you. Oh no. Oh my goodness. That makes yeah. I can see you as a. As a slight uh, free range tiger, high expectations. You're kind of a dolphin. Yeah, I was thinking firm, the same thing. Firm but flexible. I really like that. For dolphins. Oh, listener, you're teaching us something new. We are truly <laughs> an expert now. Okay, well, back to the topic. Let's see here. Yeah, warm demander. Oh, oh, I love this. I love talking about this. So, Dr. Santos says, we get better at coping by having coped. Wait, I love that line. Say it one more time. I know, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. We get better at coping by having coped. Do you know how many times I have like texted this to someone this week and then deleted it? Cause I was like, you're not ready for that knowledge, but that's what I really want to say. <laughs> it's fine. Um, she goes on to say, if your child has not explicitly asked for help, then do not jump on it. Do not go out of your way to rescue them. It will feel good in the short term, but you will miss out on a life lesson. A warm demander is someone who sets high expectations and lets their child try difficult things and sets the expectation that you believe they can do it. And there is value in their effort. But you are also there if they need help. 
They create space and time for kids to figure out their own space and solutions. Basically, you're a dolphin. Yeah, pretty much. That fits yeah, it pretty well. It does. Huh? It fits it really well. Mm-hmm. I just like this phrase because that's my ideal parenting. She just put into words exactly how I feel. And I think it's that's probably the healthiest style in my humble opinion. Very humble opinion. It yeah. feels right, doesn't it? It does. Supporting autonomy. I mm-hmm. love autonomy. Mm. Even asking our kids what they want to be competent at and in charge of, and not just of one thing or in one area. There's a phrase I remind myself of often when I find myself obsessing over one of my kids, like perfecting a skill or an ability. Mm. So you think think of a three-legged stool and one extremely tall leg won't make you sit higher. It will just topple the whole thing over. Oh, that's right. Like I think about that a lot when I think, Mm. oh, my kid isn't the best at this. Or if they don't do this camp this summer, then it's going to set them Mm. back. And Mm. I have to remind myself of that three-legged stool with the one tall leg. Like Mm. It actually does no one any good and it's okay. I never thought of that before. Wow, that's, that's some real gold knowledge you just dropped right on me. It's a real gold nugget of knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start thinking of that now. Oh, no. Um, okay. Finally, this last listener submission really hit home. And Amanda, I would love your thoughts on this one. I'm ready. I'm here. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they say, this listener says, I'm so tired of the thin scripted lines of what we are supposed to be doing, how we are not supposed to be doing it, and all the things we should and need to change in order to raise a wholehearted human. I call BS. Mm. I love it. Mm. I want a parenting expert to come out and preach about humanness, about how mom is both enough and all you need to do is to do it well. Mm-hmm. I want that to be the whole list. I want experts to shout about our instincts and the natural ability we took on when meeting our child, how our time going through the human experience is enough on its own to do this job and to do it well. More Brene Brown, less lists. No one is doing it right. And everyone is. We're supposed to celebrate the things they do right. Let's do the same for us as well. Mm. And that just reminded me of something I think we say a lot. Or what? There's more than one right way yep. to raise a kid. Right? A for effort. Yeah, there are a million right yep. ways to do it. That's right. Everyone gets an A. Yeah, that's Because you're right. doing your best. And every family is different. Every family does require different things. And I have to remind myself, everyone has different expectations for their family. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. it. And different priorities. Totally, totally. And this episode did put that into perspective for me. Like, if my kid doesn't get into, I don't know, I don't know Yale. That's okay. Aren't you a California person? Stanford, yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. My husband's really pushing for Stanford. But it's like, <laughs> well, if they don't get in, that doesn't mean that they are that we failed or they failed. No. That might not be their expectation for themselves, and that is okay, you know? Well, and it depends on what your definition of success totally. is for your kids. Totally. If your definition of success is your child got into a great school and got 4.0 and got accepted to whatever yeah. program was mm-hmm. after that, and then they make hundreds of thousands of dollars every year, then that is your measure of success. Fine. Yep. But everyone's measure of success gets to be different. That's true. That's true. Very well said. So that listener really, that was that was very thoughtful. We all, these instincts come naturally. My, I don't think, I think mine are actually quite off. <laughs> I think I got a hormonal imbalance They are somewhere. not. They are it's not. Fine. They're right where they need to be. It's for your fine. Kids. Yeah. All right. So typically we get silly and share funny stories and anecdotes about the joys of parenting, but this was different. 
Yeah. A little fascinating detour yeah. from the usual. It was fun. Yeah. I love having these discussions and learning from the thoughts and insights of our very wise listeners. I just loved hearing the scope of opinions. They mm. were all across the board and there was a lot of back and forth between us in the comments and there was a lot of interaction yeah. in this episode. And you're right, it's not our typical style, but it's it's okay. We're like, this is part of being a parent, right? Yeah. Not every day is like sunshine and rainbows, you guys. Sometimes I really am like lost in the trenches. <laughs> like, what am I doing? Where is the sunlight? It's there. For some reason, when I'm in a bad mood, I always talk in a southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> you kids, get in your bed right now. I'm going to spank with my paddle. <laughs> Knives and paddles. I don't even have a paddle. Oh, no. Not that I use on their bums. I use that for soup. Anyways. <laughs> I don't know. I love it. I all this out. It's oh, time to is... put the baby to bed. <laughs> <laughs> Judah Garland's here again, I guess. <laughs> all right. Well, please take a minute to rate, review, comment leave us some feedback or love we'll take whatever you have for us because we love you and appreciate you be a friend to everyone bye